This morning, we are starting part three of our sermon series called Better. And what we've been learning is that the principles of God can make your life better. Yes, that includes eternal life. And yes, that includes forgiveness of sins and salvation. But it also includes things like finances and your career and your marriage. In fact, in week one, we put this wheel on the screen that we're going to put back up there this morning. And we just tried to think about some different domains of life. And I asked you this question in week one, which of these areas would you most want to see God work? Is it in your vocation? And uh, if so, we talked about that last week in a very incredibly practical way. Um, Is it in your family? Is it in your finances? Where do you want to see God work? Well, this week, I I want to give you some principles that I think will help you no matter what area it is that you want to see God work. Because the reality is, is that all of these areas of life need to have some sort of balance. And the balance is different for you than it is for me, than it is for the person who's sitting next to you. It is custom for each person. The amount of time that you need to be putting in at home and at work and in your inner life and with God. The question is, well, how do you balance all of that? The reality is that if you uh, ask any given person on any given day, how are you doing? Most people just say, hey, I'm really busy and I'm stressed out and I'm overwhelmed and there's just so much going on. In fact... Some of you maybe even heard me say some of those things this past week. But if this wheel gets out of balance for a period of time, it can lead to discouragement and a lack of motivation and even depression. And what I'd like to do this morning is to give you some principles from the Word of God that can help you. Because if you are running at a pace that is unsustainable, eventually you are going to crash. But thankfully, God has got something better for you than to always be stressed out, to always be busy, to always be trying to fit everything into your day or into the week. Here's the question that we are asking. How can you have the better life and reduce stress? In other words, how can you accomplish the things that you want to accomplish with your family and with your career and with your finances and yet not get burnt out and not be stressed out and not be aggravated and on edge? If you could reach more of your goals, if you could actually accomplish more of your desires while uh, also being less overwhelmed, less busy, would you want that? Well, of course, we all would. Um, what, what an amazing thing it is, though, that God speaks to this very thing. Listen, what we are going to talk about today is very practical. And some of you are note takers, and you're going to be able to write down a bunch of things today. Others of you maybe want to take your phone out and take a picture of some of the things that we're going to be putting on the screen here this morning. And let me just say to you, feel free to take notes, feel free to take pictures, because I think that this could really have an impact on your life. If, you could, if, if I could tell you how you could be less stressed while achieving more, would you want to know how? Well, God actually talks about these things. We're, we're going to pick up where we left off last week in the book of Genesis, and where we saw there, what we saw there is that God's very nature is to work. And so if you have a Bible with you this morning, or you can open that Bible app, grab a Bible in the pew rack in front of you, but join me, if you will, there in Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2 is where we're going to begin. We're going to go visit a number of other passages today as well. 
but we're beginning in Genesis chapter 2. As we read here, um, God has worked for six days, and then in verse 2 of Genesis chapter 2, we read this. It says, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. Now, I love how it says that God rested from all of his work because the reality is, is that we as grown-ups have our official work, we have our job, but then we have all this work that we do at home as well, right? Doing the dishes, cleaning the house, talk, uh, taking out the garage, or the gar- taking out the garbage, um, mowing the lawn, doing the laundry, paying the bills, all of that is work as well. And so God has this pattern where there are six time blocks of work and they're followed by one time block of genuine rest. You know, as Americans, we tend to think of rest as maybe in a maybe unhealthy type of way. And we have this pattern where we live an unsustainable kind of pace. And so we, we get to our vacation, we get to our day off, and we just totally crash. And even when we crash, we're not resting our minds very much, that we're scrolling through the Instagram stories and we're, we're just uh, binge watching the latest TV shows. And none of that is necessarily wrong, but if you'll develop a skill and a rhythm of disciplining yourself to actually rest, you will find that you will have more time than you thought and you will be less busy than you thought. Look, God rested from all of the work of creating that he had done. And when we follow God's example, God's pattern, we get the important things done in six days of work. It's not the purposeless life, but it's not this kind of like nonstop vacation, but it is a life that is on mission. It is a life that gives life to other people. It's a life that has room for rest in it. This is the way that God wants us to live, but how do we do this? And I I think that we'd all agree, yes, I want this for myself, but how do I do that? Well, I want to give you a few uh, steps that you can take here, but first I want to just share with you a beautiful passage of Scripture from Psalm 46 and verse 10. God's word says this, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Friends, if, if we're never still, we are going to miss out on knowing that, that he is God, knowing that he can provide everything that it is that we need, that we don't have to keep striving and straining. In fact, the idea of a Sabbath in the scriptures is this idea of resting from our striving. That we can rest from our striving because we believe that there is a God who is in control of everything. And so my paycheck doesn't ultimately come from my boss. And my food doesn't ultimately come from Aldi or Mariano's. But God is my provider and I can one-seventh of my life pause and rest because he is in charge and he gives me everything that it is that I need. Now, for a large part of Christian history, many followers of Jesus would take Sunday as a Sabbath, a day of rest. In fact, if you go back a hundred years ago in our country, it was a very common practice for people to go to church on Sunday mornings and then go home and just rest for the day. 
And, and even in farming communities where there were busy times of year where you would have to get all the crops in. Uh, on Sundays, uh, people would not be working out in the fields, but they would be taking it as a day of rest. Now, maybe it's not possible for you to take a literal day in order to do that, but you do need to have a predetermined time in your schedule weekly when you can rest or you are going to feel busier and more overwhelmed than you need to. So what does this actually look like for you? What, what does it look like for a mom or a dad or a student? Well, let, let me just give you three steps here in order to reduce your stress and to be your best, all based on the word of God. The first one is this, know your priorities. Know your priorities. And, and, and they go like this, God first, family second, and, and so on. But um, you probably should not just know your priorities, but maybe you need to write them down as well. Maybe you need to post them on the bathroom mirror. Maybe you need to have them somewhere in the living room. That you need to be sure that you know your priorities because it's like the, the snow tires on your car. That they can help you to get where you want to go. And what, what is a priority? Well, it's identifying here is what matters most to me. Here is what matters most to us as a family. Now, the thing is that a lot of people in this world have priorities, and some of them even write them down, but the advantage of being a follower of Jesus Christ is that we look to God and we say, God, you tell me what my priorities should be. If you turn over in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, you see there that there is a story about Jesus and priorities, and this is a great story. Because most of us, uh, for most of us, the challenge is not between what is good and what is bad. No, the challenge is between what is good and what is better. We, we, we have all of these things and we get so stressed out and, and, and yet uh, most, of them thing, most of those things aren't bad things. You're, you're going to your kids' um, athletic events, you're, you're volunteering at the school, you're uh, paying the bills, you're working hard, you're uh, visiting your in-laws and uh, doing what they want you to do. Those are not bad things, those are good things. For you to know your priorities, it's not just choosing between what is good and what is bad, it's between choosing what is good and what is better. And by the way, this is a little bit of a life tip here. The more responsibilities that you agree to in life, the more intentional you need to be about this. And so when you are in your 20s and you're unmarried and you have all the time in the world, you can get away with being not so super clear about what your priorities are. But when you choose to get married and you commit and you say, you know what, I am going to be responsible for this person for the rest of my life and for every child that you have and for the more responsibilities that you take on at your job, for every time that you um, add something, add another thing, you have to now rebalance that wheel. And it, it might be that you are stressed out and you are really busy because you have added a few things uh, and it is now time to know what your priorities are and to say, you know what? what, what things do I need to let go of so that I can actually live the life of rest that God has designed for me? 
Well, Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, we're told this. Now, as they, this is talking about Jesus and his disciples, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha uh, welcomed him into her home. Now, let's pause there for just a moment. This is a good thing, right? Jesus needs a place to stay. Martha says, you could stay at my house. And this is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. In fact, I want you to just imagine this for a moment. Imagine that Jesus is alive today, that he is a prophet, that he's traveling around with these 12 other guys, and that they come through Cook County, they need a place to stay, and you say, Jesus, you and your 12 guys who are sweaty and who have been walking all day, who who haven't had a shower in like a week, you guys can all stay at my house. Listen, this is a big commitment on Martha's part, and it is a good thing. She is going to feed them. She is going to provide bedding for them. Verse 39. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. So Jesus and his disciples come into the house and Jesus is teaching. And Martha just sits down, or rather Mary rather, sits down at Jesus' feet and listens. Martha, who is motivated by a good thing, is scrambling around trying to get enough blankets together, trying to get the meal ready. Now, as she's scrambling around, she sees that Mary is just sitting there at Jesus' feet. And there is this this resentment that begins to grow in her heart, which... I know never happens to any of you, but it's happened to me at times. I know that I've thought this. Hey, I'm working so hard around here. Why is everyone else sitting on the couch just watching TV? (laughs) We've all been there, right? And uh, look, look at what it says beginning in verse 40 here. It says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. Reading on, it says, And she went up to him, to Jesus, and said, Lord, do you not care? Don't you see how stressed out I am? Don't you see how busy I am? And that my sister has left me to serve alone. Tell her then to help me. Now, I love Jesus' response here, verse 41. It says, But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things. And isn't that just like us, where we are too busy, we are stressed out, we are overwhelmed, we are worried, we are upset about many things. Verse 42, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Mary's not being lazy. She has chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus so that she can hear the words of God, define who she is and her purpose in life. She is sitting at the feet of Jesus as a choice, not out of laziness. And Jesus says, this is better. Listen, at this point, Jesus has multiplied food. There was this little boy comes, brings his lunch to Jesus, five loaves and two fish. And uh, here Jesus multiplies that food and he feeds 5,000. And and here Martha is, she is stressed out about this meal and the bedding. And she has in her house the person who could multiply the food out of nothing and who could speak and just add rooms onto the house and have all the beds made. And it's not bad that she's trying to serve everyone. That's a good thing. 
but she has lost her priorities. And because she's lost her priorities, she has lost her perspective. And Jesus says, Martha, there is a way better way. He's not saying be lazy. He's not saying don't serve other people. He's saying keep God's priorities first in your life because with Jesus, learning from him, uh, that, that may, make that your top priority in life. And, and I love this story because it is a great example of choosing the best or the better priorities, not just the good priorities. Well, as I put myself in Martha's shoes, I think, you know, why was she so caught up in this moment? And I have to admit now, I, I, you know, that I, I see a lot of me in that as well. And there's probably a lot of you who see yourselves in this too. So I listed out some of Martha's motivations that got her priorities off. And I'm guessing that at least one of these may be true in your life as well. We're calling these things worry bombs because Jesus says you are worried about many things. We're going to put these on the screen. But each of these worry bombs, if you drop them on your weekly schedule, it will obliterate your schedule and you will be stressed out and frazzled and busy, too busy. What's the first worry bomb? Well, trying to please and impress people. Martha knew, listen, this is the Jewish custom. When you host someone, um, as little girls, we were trained this, we were taught this. This is what women in our culture do. And, and Mary was totally breaking from the social norms that were expected of her. Mary's priorities rose above the peer pressure of the social expectations. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, the Apostle Paul, he says, For I am now seeking the approval of man, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying, still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Now, as servants of Christ, we do live to serve other people, but we are not looking for their approval. Our approval comes from God. The book of Proverbs. It says this, the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. If you are trying to live every day to get approval of, of your boss or of your spouse or of someone else, you are going to feel too busy, too stressed out, too overwhelmed because other people's expectations are a bottomless pit. They are like a black hole. You are never going to please them. So focus instead on pleasing God. The second worry bomb here is unhealthy perfectionism. And for me, this is a really challenging one. And if you work with me or if you live with me, you know that uh, I never think I, what I've done is good enough. And, and, and listen, I, I've had to learn that while sometimes that can be a strength, more often than not, it is a weakness. And I could work uh, 50 hours on a particular thing or I could work two hours on it. Or I, I, I can become really critical of the work that other people do around me. And I, I have to be aware of this, that it can be really harmful uh, the way I think about other people. And uh, uh, unhealthy perfectionism is a worry bomb that won't just affect you, but it'll affect the, the, the people around you as well. How about knowing your priorities 
This probably affects a majority of our neighbors or our coworkers, our, uh, the people that we go to school with, and sometimes it can affect us as well because we think that we are defined by what is urgent. And so the boss says, well, you know what? This is what you need to get done. Or the teacher says, you need to do this. And, and we, we, uh, we all have these urgent matters and we, we're never really defining what is it that I'm living for and what is it that my life is all about. We, we don't have our priorities straight. We don't know them. A, a fear of scarce or scarcity mentality, a fear or scarcity mentality. That's another worry bomb that you might deal with. And maybe uh, it has to deal with you didn't grow up with very much. Or maybe it, it was just uh, something that was imprinted on you ever since childhood where, you know what? You said, no matter how hard I work, no matter how much I save, no matter how much uh, investing I've done and how well my investments are doing, I'm never going to have enough. And we just need to remind ourselves, listen, I need to be still and know that God is my provider, that he is going to give me my daily bread. But when we don't do that and we have this scarcity mentality, we can just run ourselves into the ground, which leads to the last worry bomb. And that just has to do with forgetting God, which is what Martha did, right? She was doing good things, hosting these 12 guys who were in her house. That that was very generous, very kind of her. But she forgot that God was actually in her house. And so I want you to just think about this. Are any of these worry bombs a reason why uh, maybe your schedule has just exploded lately? And uh, let's look back at that key verse again, um, Luke chapter 10 and verse 42, where Jesus said, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Listen, the one thing that is necessary in life is sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to him. Now, that does not mean that you have to spend ten, uh, seven days uh, a week from sunup to sundown just reading your Bible. That's not very practical. You've you got to go to work. You've got to feed your family. You've got to spend time with your family. But you need, the, your, you need to prioritize spending time at the feet of Jesus and listening to him. What, what's been number one in your schedule? Survival or listening to Jesus? And so you need to know your priorities, but I want to just give you a couple of visual tools here that um, I think will help. And the first one, the first visual is of a pyramid that we're going to put up on the screen. Now, I know that this might seem counterintuitive, but what is on top is not the most important. It is important, though. The foundation, though, is what is most important. And so if uh, uh, you would say, what are my priorities? I would suggest this to you from the word of God. First, time with God. And that includes time with other believers as well, because God's plan for you as a follower of Jesus is to be with the people of God. And so Sunday morning worship, like what we're doing right now, and that you just kind of block off this period of time in your schedule where you say, you know what, this is what I am committed to every single week. And every day I am going to spend time, at least a few minutes a day, reading God's word and praying, communicating with him. Secondly, time with your family. God has given you that responsibility as a mom or a dad, as a husband or a wife, that 
that you have a God-given responsibility to that spouse and to those children. Third, time at work and responsibilities. Now, um, you know, those things just have a way of kind of controlling a lot of our time and a lot of our energy. And you don't have to plan to do those things. Really, what you have to do is to say, you know what, this is where things are going to end. And you do that so that you're not over, it doesn't run, overrun everything in your schedule all the time. And then fourthly, the thing that is perhaps most counterintuitive is this principle that we saw in Genesis where we need to kind of block off some time to rest and maybe even have some hobbies. But it's probably going to involve turning off your phone and it's going to be something that you can't allow other things to creep in and overtake that, overrun that space. But as you look at this pyramid, which of these things has been missing in your life? Because, listen, if you just push and push and push, it can lead to being overwhelmed and stressed out and even depressed. And uh, maybe you need more to be more intentional in spending time with God and with the people of God. Or maybe you need to, uh, maybe that just involves your family or your spouse that you've just been neglecting. Um, maybe you need to scale back on something at work and just say no to some things. Or uh, maybe you, you just need to develop this pattern of blocking off some time in your week to unplug and to get some rest. And listen, each season of life is going to require that you're going to need to make some adjustments to this, that you're going to keep mon monitoring these things. And, and this is where being in a small group can be really helpful because these are the kinds of things that you can talk about in your small group that you should be talking about in your small groups. Someone says, hey, you know what? I've really been struggling with this work-life balance. And the rest of us, we don't try to fix the problem, but we can give suggestions like, hey, here's something that I've done. Or here's something that I found helpful in my life. Or, or, or maybe you say, you know what? Here's something that I did. It did not work for me. Someone else in the small group might say, hey, I, I just feel like I'm not connecting with one of my kids. And the others can say, hey, here's something that worked for us. I want to give you a few quick guidelines to your priorities. And we're going to put these on the screen as well. But the first is God's word. Because if your priorities are in line with God's word, all of these principles are going to work even better in your life. The second is God's spirit. As a follower of Jesus, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you and the spirit guides you in truth if you ask him to. And then finally, God's people. Oftentimes, God uses people in our lives to help give us wisdom and direction. And an example of this is that I just love to talk to other guys in our church who maybe have uh, children who are a little older than my children and they're doing well and and I just like to hear, I mean, what is it that you did? How did you handle this? Uh, what could I learn from you? Well, steps, step two here to reduce your stress. After you know your priorities, step two to reduce your stress is to build your priorities into a realistic daily routine. You know, you can just sit down with maybe a pen and a paper or maybe you get a physical calendar and do this or a digital calendar and you just kind of schedule out your day and what your day is going to look like, what your week's going to look like. 
that you just build in this time of rest. And if you're married, you say, you know what? We're going to be intentional about having quality time together as a husband and wife. If you've got kids, you need to think about that as well. And I think that a key phrase here is realistic routine. Because if you're anything like me, you think that you can get a whole lot more done in your day than you actually can. And then you feel behind all the time. And so I think that it's important to build in about a half a day of margin into your week because there, there are all these things that are going to come up that you didn't expect. And so maybe the water heater goes out or maybe the brakes on the car stop working or something happens with one of your kids or you and your spouse get into a fight, get into a little bit of an argument, and now you need to spend a little bit extra time there working on that marriage. These things are all normal and they all come up at times. And so you need to build some margin into your schedule or else you are going to feel busy and stressed out. Friends, the reality is that we have to acknowledge the limitations that we have. We are not God, but even he rested. And yet sometimes we we think and we act as if we have no limitations. But just ask yourself, well, how many hours of sleep do I really need? And how many hours do I really need to work? How much emotional capacity do I have in a week? And then you just kind of build a routine from that. Be realistic about your work, realistic about what you need to do for your marriage and for your family. And then as you build in that times of rest uh, are are important and essential, as we saw there in Genesis chapter 2, that God worked for six days and then on the seventh day he rested. And again, I don't think that this is necessarily literally a, a day, a whole day, but maybe you, you, you uh, say, I'm just going to take some time. Um, you know, Sunday is coming, uh, Sunday is here, I'm going to spend this time, from this time to this time on Sunday just resting, or on Friday, this is this time to this time I'm going to rest. And you just need to be intentional about having a regular time of rest. The bottom line is that if you don't own your schedule, your schedule will own you. Let me say that again. If you don't own your schedule, your schedule will own you. And I know that that some of you are going to say, but you know what? Things are just going to come up. And I I mean, we want to serve people. I want to serve people. And I'm with you in that. Serving people is a good thing. And you are going to be better at serving people if you have a routine and if you are well-rested and if you know your priorities. And then when you say yes, you can actually be effective in serving people and you're, you're not uh, so resentful about that. You can do it without resentment. Uh, again, Genesis chapter 2, God gives us an example of rest. And when we follow that example and build rest into our regular routine, we become a lot more like Christ, uh, who very regularly got away from the crowds. And he didn't just do that on the Sabbath, but he, he had times where uh, everyone else would show up and they would say, hey, where's Jesus at? And his disciples would say, well, he's off praying. Why did Jesus do that? Did he not love people? No, he was modeling this principle of rest and having the right priorities. We all have the same amount of time, 24 hours in a day. But the challenge is being intentional about the time that we do have. 
I have one more tool here, and this is a visual thing that we're also going to put on the screen, but I want you to just imagine this jar here, this, this clear jar. It's a jar um, representing your life, okay? And it's got a limited amount of capacity in it. I also have with me a bunch of rocks that are up here, rocks that are a little bit different sizes, but um, they, they represent things that we can do with our time and what we can do with the energy that we have. Now, not, not all of these rocks are going to fit into the jar. Some of them are, but it's going to fill up, right? And so you, gotta, you put some rocks here in the jar and, and at some point, and then you, you put the big ones in first and then you put the small, smaller ones in, you fit those in maybe around it. So at some point it's going to be full and you're not going to be able to put any more rocks in this jar. Well, what are the big rocks that, um, that, that you need to have in your jar? First, personal time with God. And it doesn't need to be four hours a day. Um, uh, start with something that you know you can do. Maybe you start with like 15 minutes or something like that, which is uh, going to put you in a proper perspective so that you can see everything else correctly in your day and in your week. Secondly, your, your weekly worship with the church. Jesus modeled this with his disciples and they would go and they would worship at the synagogues and uh, because when, when you are around the people of God and when you are around the word of God, you can grow and you can mature in him. Third, if you're committed in marriage to someone, you need to be uh, having that as a priority in your life. And you, if you never set aside time together the, the, in, any, in a given week, that marriage is going to struggle and it is going to start to str suffer Listen, if you want your marriage to be happy and healthy, you need to have time for it. Fourth is your children. If you have children, you need to make time to commit to your children. Fifth, your work and your responsibilities. Obviously, that is important. But then finally, rest. And again, we've said you cannot neglect your rest. And this is going to look different for all of us because we all have different personalities. We all have different things going on. But the, big, the, the point is that if you don't own your schedule, your schedule is going to own you. So we need to know our priorities. We need to build a realistic routine in our lives. But um, you have to understand that when you do this, you are going to run into a problem that you just need to know about. And the problem is this. Uh, we're calling it space invaders. And uh, when you say, uh, this is what I am going to prioritize, there are going to be things that are going to come up and they are going to challenge that. But believe it or not, Jesus models this as well. John chapter 11. This is actually a story picks up on the lives of uh, Mary and Martha, and yet it is a totally different story. This involves their brother Lazarus as well, and here's what it says in verse 1. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Now, these women send a message to Jesus about how their brother's sick, and they, they ask him, Jesus, would you come and heal him? Verse 4, but when Jesus heard it, he said, this illness does not lead to death. 
It, it is for the glory of God so that the Son of Man may be glorified through it. Basically, Jesus says, no, I'm not coming, at least not right now. Verse 6. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill and started uh, to, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now, some of you are sitting here and you're thinking, you know, how, how could Jesus do that? I mean, he could have helped and yet he didn't help. Well, I think here is a principle that uh, can help us, and this, this is the third point today, set boundaries around your priorities and say no when you need to. Set boundaries around your priorities and say no when you need to. Now, th this may seem like Jesus did not love Martha and Mary, but in the same passage, it says that Jesus did love Martha and Mary. Two days later, Jesus travels there. He raises Lazarus from the dead because Jesus got there when it fit into God's priorities. And Jesus' life wasn't directed by Martha and Mary or Lazarus, but by God. And when we set our priorities and we say no, that, that doesn't mean that we have to be a jerk about it. That doesn't mean we have to say no to everything. We need wisdom in this. So what is an example of this? Well, maybe your child's involved in sports. And your child's character and their spiritual development is a priority to you. And the coach comes to you and says, hey, this is urgent. You, you know what? We, we've got a game on Sunday morning and your child needs to be there. And you might need to say, listen, that doesn't fit into our priorities. That doesn't fit into our schedule. Or maybe it's work and you don't really have a whole lot of boundaries with your boss at work and just keep pushing you to work more and more. And listen, we talked about this last week about how we need to be the best workers in the world as followers of Jesus Christ. But if you're doing your best, your boss should respond well if you say, hey, you know what, I'm going to still keep giving my best, but I need to make a few boundaries here in order for me to continue to work well and to do my best. Listen, we, we, we don't have to do this carelessly or foolishly or recklessly. Um, we, we don't have to uh, 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 try to be selfish about this, but we want to be driven by God's priorities and not by people's expectations. Friends, it's possible to get more of what you want to do done, more of what God wants you to do done, and at the same time, get rest and be less stressed than if you just do things on your own, in your own way. Now, that doesn't mean that you're not a servant. In fact, Jesus was the greatest servant of all, but he modeled this. Because we have finite energy and finite time and finite space. We must have God's priorities in order to serve others well. We need to know our priorities from the word of God. We need to develop a realistic routine. And sometimes we even need to say no in order to do what matters most. And as we do these things, we can reflect the very character and the nature of God. 